Hello, I am Josh Smith, and on this week's very special edition of The Moments That Made Me, we have its very own host, Roxy. <laughs> Hello, babe. Hi, babe. Oh, my God. I'm so excited slash nervous. Don't be nervous. You're in a safe space. And I mean, hun, you are a professional slasher, aren't you? <laughs> Down here, you are an emotional health advisor, self-development guru, writer, Instagram agony aunt, and a mental health ambassador. That is quite the array of titles. Oh my God, professional slasher. I love that. I love that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I've done a lot. I've been busy. She's been busy and you've been even busier because now you've got this podcast on your hands. Oh my God. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. I can't believe this will be the last one. And I've got some great guests for a first series. Oh, she has. Well, for any series. Yes. But what a bang, like, to start with. And I guess I I came up with the idea of the series over dinner with some friends. And I literally was sat with them and I was like, we were kind of, you know, I like to get deep with my friends, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, and you know. I know. <laughs> First hand, we get deep. Right in that so deep end of that do, pool. We do, And I was thinking, I always think, what are, like, the moments that got you to where you are? And whenever I speak to people, and it started because when I would speak to people who are a lot older than me, mm-hmm. I would love hearing their life story in, like, three minutes. Okay, and I'd be like, right, give it to me. And there's always a couple of key moments where, oh my God, this happened. And if this hadn't happened, then my life would have gone in a totally different direction. And Mm. if this hadn't happened, my life... And I was just fascinated by it. And everybody's got defining moments. So I was at a dinner party one day and I was like, what are your defining moments? And it was such fun and got everyone thinking and talking. I was like, right, that is it. This is what I want my podcast to be about because I want to inspire people. Usually, and most of the guests I've found, their defining moments have been their rock bottoms Mm -hmm. or shit stuff has happened. A case of like darkness or like you're low. And then from there, it's been the most growth. It's made them, it's shaped them. And... I want that to inspire anyone listening who's going through a hard time that whatever it is you're going through is the making of you and you are going to be grateful for this moment. Whatever it is, you will look back and be grateful for it. It's so important to remember that there are so many positives to be taken away from negatives. 
isn't there, right? Oh, everything is a lesson. I always say everything is a lesson. Everyone is your teacher. So, I mean, I embrace challenges and I really, I, I don't just say that just because it sounds good. Genuinely, when something tough happens, I'm like, what is this trying to teach me? And mm. when you figure out what it's trying to teach you, you can really, it can empower you and you can move on from it. And that is why you're a guru, honey. That Truth line babe. right there. Oh, yeah. Getting I've tingles already. <laughs> She's got a lot of lines. <laughs> so without further ado, hit me. What is the first moment that's made you? So this is something, oh, so this is something I've never spoken about before publicly. Mm -hmm. But when I was 21, I met someone who was 25 years older than me called Damien. And and just just so the listeners know. Yeah. That's Damien Hurst, the artist, right? Yes, yeah. it is, yeah. And I met him at an event. It was I was brand manager for Ciroc Vodka. Um, it was my first job out of university. I was 21. And the first event I went to sponsor, I was like providing the stock of booze for the event. Mm -hmm. And he saw me and I saw him. And for some reason, I don't know, a friend of ours, a friend, mutual friend of mine who didn't know him, just introduced us randomly. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know why. Anyway, we started talking. I had no idea who he was and we became friends and we started messaging. He was just really, really, really fucking funny. Yeah. Um, I did not expect that. Oh my God. He's like one of the funniest people I've ever met. And we just started talking and then things progressed and I remember oh I can't believe I'm being so talking about all of this it's okay babe take your time and I remember sitting at dinner with him once and he's just the most a very very exceptional human yeah um and I'm, I'm really conscious of how much to say because I don't I also want to protect his privacy and um but you know he is an amazing guy and I looked over at him and I just knew I was like I just love this man mm -hmm. I, was like, I just love him and obviously all my friends were like oh my god what are you thinking he's so much older than you and it was a defining moment because this relationship completely changed my life mm -hmm. in every single way possible firstly it unraveled me as a person because when I met him I was a really, really confident young woman. And as you are when you're 21, you're kind of so self-assured, yep. full of sass. You know what I mean? You just, you own yourself. You just think that you can rule the world, I think, at that age. And I had always been really confident and also like a complete ice queen. Like I was so unemotional, void of emotion. I was known as the ice queen, which is so funny because it's so far from who I am now. Yeah. And I think that's because growing up, my dad had always taught me don't have emotions. Emotions mm -hmm. are weak, you know. Um, members of my family had suffered depression and I saw them as being weak. But then I fell so in love with Damien and it was so intense that it it just totally unraveled me and all my pent up emotions, I guess, just came pouring out. Mm -hmm. And over the course of the next two and a half years, I went from being a very confident, happy young girl to someone that was my I you know stopped eating I started taking drugs I was really unhappy really anxious and I had left my job and 
my whole life and world revolved around this one man mm-hmm. and I just didn't have any sense of identity anymore and I felt like I had just become Damien Hurst's girlfriend mm-hmm. but at the same time it was like a fucking whirlwind yeah do you know what I mean like what an experience what a nuts two years you know one day we're like at a party with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian talking to them and the next day we're at dinner with Bono you know it's it was nuts and as a 21 year old girl to be suddenly thrown into this life Mm. is crazy yeah like it is and it was so fun and it was so exciting and it was a complete whirlwind but the hardest thing I think was that I was just so obsessed and in Mm. love and I think everyone who's been in that kind of obsessive infatuation with someone knows how it just has such a like profound effect on you as a person right and it just it kind of makes you crazy Mm. what was it about the relationship that made you unravel what was it um to be I guess I have to be completely honest because that's what I expect from my other guests I have never been close with my dad Mm -hmm. and I guess looking back and being really honest with myself there was of course he was older than me and he was fatherly he had three beautiful boys who he was just an amazing parent to so he knew what it meant to nurture and love someone and he is so kind and romantic and sweet and you know I I think for the first time in my life I felt protected Mm -hmm. and looked after by a man and that's no disrespect to my own father we just simply aren't close I guess really if I look at it that that's why because mm. I guess if you're revisiting these emotions that you've never spoken about or talked about up until you got into that relationship mm. or my even heart is like about, racing it's okay babes <laughs> we can take it at a gentle pace that's good <laughs> but in that situation it must have been a shock to actually realise you had all these thoughts inside you and then they actually then come out when you're in this really loving I guess from what you're saying very supportive relationship right yeah it really was it was all those things that I had seen as being weak I now was Mm. I was anxious I was depressed I was obsessive I was so needy for his attention so I was kind of all these things that I didn't want to be and it was really conflicting and I didn't really understand why like now I can look back and understand why I Mm. was unraveling but then at the time I had no idea Mm. I was just like what's happening to me I just felt like I was losing myself whilst at the same time having a really beautiful relationship living a really incredible fortunate life and having so much fun and meeting so many amazing people and and also learning so 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 much i would say that i would struggle to no- to think of another person that taught me as much as he did mm. he is a, a very intelligent man and um he taught me a lot about the world at a time where you know i was like a sponge you know i was young and he did teach me a lot of wisdom about life and about money and about fame and about there's a lot of like deep wisdom that I talk about now that I absolutely know I got from him Mm. you know he just he had these like phrases and like pockets of um, you know wisdom that he would like spout and you know I really listened to them I was like listening to everything he said I Mm. guess 
What do you think has been the biggest lesson you learn in that relationship? And what's it taught you going into your relationships that you've gone on to have in your life? After that, I never, ever relied on anyone for anything. Not money, not emotional security, not to validate who I was. Uh, I think growing up, I used to think I had such low self-worth that I would judge myself on my partners. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, if I'm with someone successful or if I'm with someone popular or if I'm with someone good looking, it means that I'm as good as my partner. Right. Yeah. And I think and I, I did rely on him for a lot. You know, I, I because I'd left my job, I did rely on him financially. I did rely on him emotionally because Mm -hmm. of I say that kind of like obsessive infatuation I relied on him for pretty much everything you know and I was just like right that's it I will never ever ever do this again and I will never be with someone because I need to be with them I will fill myself up to the max I will give myself the confidence I will give myself the financial security I will give myself um, the love mm-hmm. um, so that when I'm with someone it's because I want to be and not because I need to be and I've absolutely done that with every relationship since and now I am spreading that message to every woman I meet because it is the only way to have a healthy relationship do you think the biggest thing you've learned in life is that validation comes from within yeah, for sure. Because we are constantly, we talk, I talk a lot about validation because you try and validate yourself, okay, like from men, but also from drugs, from mm. money, from, we spoke with Charlie Howard about validating yourself through like, you know, with even with eating disorders, you know, or like being skinny enough or being mm-hmm. um, pretty enough. There's a, a, you know, other people's opinions. You're there are a million ways you can validate yourself externally. All of them mean shit and they're all going to make you feel shit. Mm-hmm. The only one that's going to fulfill you and make you feel good about yourself is the validation that you have for yourself, that you find within yourself. But that takes work. And it wasn't like I broke up with Damien and then all of a sudden I was, oh, actually, I'm just going to do this for myself. Fuck it. You know, there was a long journey yeah. after that. I think given the fact that this relationship obviously taught you so much about yourself, and gave you so much at a young period in your life. How difficult was the breakup? And then when the breakup came, what were the circumstances around it? The breakup was honestly the hardest thing, one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. Everyone knows how heartbreak is, right? It, it, does, it does feel like death. Mm. You know, you do have a sense of grief. And I was completely blindsided completely so we'd just been on a three-week holiday and I flew via Dubai to go back home to see my family and we left me at the airport it was like lovely and all fine so I thought and then I got a call the next day and I got a text saying can you call me and I just knew and I remember calling when I went hi baby and he was like I'm breaking up with you just completely out the middle of nowhere just like that I was like what I was like, I remember I go, you're joking, right? He was like, no, I'm breaking up with you. And I was like, oh. Over the phone. Over the phone. And I understand understand why he did it over the phone because I was with my family and he thought that would be like better for me. So I don't judge him for not doing it face to face. Mm -hmm. But I was just so shocked. I just cried and cried and cried. I cried for a very, very, very long time. And... um, 
I just didn't know what to do because everything had revolved around him. Mm. And I just loved him. So it was it was so uh I th- I really thought I would never ever move on and I would never find anyone that I would love that much, you know. As you always do when you break up with someone, you think that that is it. They mm-hmm. are it and there's no one else out there for you. And but like we all know, you always move on. Yeah. You always get over it. But what happened was I then just turned to drugs to escape and started taking so much coke. And I was out till the sunrise three, four nights a week for a good year. It was like solid like Mm. that. And um, really, that was kind of where my addiction really began. And then it kind of was with me, you know, up until... A year ago Mm. so it was a really tough year and a really sad year and I didn't really do much with my life other than go out to um, you know the Chilton Firehouse or you know wherever else and take drugs and hang out with people who were not really my friends but I thought were and I was just trying to find value from anything and I guess like being high or drinking was a way of feeling confident again mm. and feeling good again. And I was just a lost young girl, I guess. And that's just, yeah, it was tough. Do you think you replaced the validation you got from that relationship with the validation you got from drugs? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I needed something to fill the void, right? This like pain. And I just, I had, I always suffered from like such low self worth and self-esteem anyway and that was you know the best way to make myself feel better and like kind of feel confident even just for a night but obviously you know that what goes up must come down and Mm -hmm. the come downs were bad i'm guessing that the second moment that's made you Mm. is drug addiction right yeah so my second moment is a rock bottom Mm. which was in november 2017 and I, I met someone else a year after I broke up with Damien, who is now like one of my best friends. Like he's such an amazing guy. But, you know, I, I didn't really, I don't know. I was kind of doing this kind of Instagram thing, right? And trying to make a career for myself. But I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. And I was just really unhappy. And I would kind of try and get healthy. And I'd go away on a retreat. And I'd get healthy. And then I'd come back and get back on the cycle. Taking drugs. Going out. Thinking that, I I don't know, just trying to find some kind of Mm -hmm. happiness. But it wasn't, like, real. You just go into a party and you're, like, happy for a night. And Mm -hmm. then, like, you go home and you, like wake up or walk home at 7am you feel horrific I mean it honestly gives me anxiety thinking back to that emotion oh it's like you know sometimes now okay because I'm obviously everybody knows I'm such a morning person and I go for my morning coffee every morning and when I see people did I say this on a podcast the other day I swear I I actually said this story but when I see people like coming home Mm, on a night night out. out or like still drunk I literally get the shivers I'm like, oh, God, it's been me so many times. Um, It's horrible. And, you know, I just was doing that. So I kind of had this, like, four-year period. I don't really know what the fuck I did. Just a 
continuous story. cycle, yes. right? This cycle of getting healthy, feeling really good. So look, it was always in me that I wanted to live a healthier life. It was always in me that I wanted to be consistently like free of addiction and be healthy and be happy and be confident. And like, I wanted all these things for myself and I just didn't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. But I was trying. I've always tried Um, So I firstly, I opened up about my mental health on Marie Claire in 2016 before like it was a cool thing to talk about. It was not talked about, but I just felt compelled to open up. And ever since then, you know, I've been working really, really hard on this personal journey, but it wasn't. um, It definitely was like two steps forward, one step back the whole time. Mm -hmm. But then eventually in this November, it was just the sadness and the depression was so heavy And I remember calling my ex-boyfriend, Pete, who at this point was, uh, we'd just broken up, but we were still like friendly. And I remember calling him at 4 a.m. and I was just like having a panic attack on my bedroom floor. And I just like, please come and help me. I'm just, I'm done. Like I just, I really didn't want to live anymore. Um, I wasn't suicidal, but I just didn't want to live. Mm. Um, I just didn't see the point. I'm just never gonna find happiness this is my life and i i kind of would it was just just hopelessness isn't it Mm. and um anyway the next day i was going on a retreat to the maya clinic in austria and on the way to the retreat i don't know why but i saw this book in my room called the mo um feel the fear and do it i was gonna say the moments that made me lol that's my podcast um (laughs) maybe it should be a book um (laughs) i just had a moment um no it was called feel the fear and do it anyway by Mm. susan jeffers and if you follow me on instagram you know i've mentioned this book a thousand times and i don't know why i don't know when i bought it but i saw it and i just picked it up and at the same time my phone broke on the way to the airport so my phone's broken but I've got this book it really was the universe giving me some serious gifts Mm. and I read this book and like there's loads of different amazing messages in this book but the one that changed my life was that you have to start taking responsibility for your happiness and stop being a victim and what I realized was that I was allowing myself to be a victim and I was very Look, there's always some... If you want to feel unhappy, there's always something you can be unhappy about, right? 100%. Being happy is a choice. Mm-hmm. Like You have to choose to be happy. And I was choosing to be unhappy. I was really going, oh, like, poor me. This has happened. And actually, oh, do you know what? I, I am going to talk about it, actually. The reason my rock bottom there was like a moment that actually accelerated it mm-hmm. my iCloud got hacked and I had just started like you know what what it's in our industry you work on relationships a lot little jobs are like sporadic but when you get them you're like yes I'm like I am something I'm mm-hmm. getting something anyway and that becomes another validation yeah as well, it's another right? validation and I had my iCloud hacked and I woke up from a night out with my best friend and I had loads of DMs and new followers. And I was like, this is weird. Why have I got so many new followers? And I looked at my DMs and it was blurred photo and I pressed accept and I just see a picture of me that I'd taken of myself in the mirror naked on my phone that someone sent me. And my heart 
just dropped. I remember the, my headache, like I was having a raging fucking hangover at the same time. Mm. And just this disbelief that every picture I'd ever taken from the age of 21 to 26 was on the, was internet. On, was on the internet. That I And I wasn't taking these pictures being sexy. I was taking them to like document my weight because that's what I used to do all the time. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Some of them maybe are like a little bit a little like suggestive. Pose, suggestive, but there's nothing like crazy. But most of them were literally, I've got no makeup on. I've got like toothpaste on my face and I'm just nap. Like, do you know what I mean? And the whole, they're on the internet. And I was, and I know, I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want to like spread the word spread of it. Spread the word that it was happening. And I was so traumatized, but I'd kind of moved on from it. And I thought, I've just got to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, it's happened to so many people. There's nothing I can do. Move on. Is this what? brought on the panic attack on that day it wasn't that day but what happened was a month later i was about to do a job and the night and it was like a, i'd really been working towards this and i was so excited really i was like finally like this is something i've achieved on your own as on well. my own and the night before my makeup artist texted me and she was like you know the 11 p.m and I just had woken up to check my phone. And she was like, you know, the job's been cancelled. I was like, why? They've pulled it. And I get an email an hour later. We found about about your leaked photos and we can't work with you. And I was like, what? I was like, but I'm the... You're the victim in that situation. Yeah. And I've spent so much money on lawyer fees, which did fuck all. Like my now hard earned money, which was not coming in thick and fast. I'll tell you that. Mm. And I was really devastated. And then again, I victimized myself. And mm -hmm. I was very much like, poor me. Can't believe this has happened to me. Now I've lost the job. But I feel like in a way I was kind of manifesting this stuff because I was feeling so like unhappy and low self-worth. I was manifesting all negative this negativity. Things. Yeah, because yeah. I am a strong manifester. And I for sure was like manifesting negativity. And then another job cancelled a week later. Um, for the same reasons? For a different reason, but just like it all kind of dominoed. Yeah. Uh, because I was projecting this like negative energy, I think. Anyway, so that, all of that is kind of what led me to this rock bottom mm -hmm. where I really had like had enough. Um, so anyway, so I read this book. Can I just ask yes. quickly, in that situation, when you saw those pictures, yeah, what did you think? How did you feel? I think my heart just in my stomach and I was just so embarrassed. You know what I mean? Because I'm not someone that would ever, for example, sunbathe topless. Yeah. My boobs are like mine. I'm happy to post pictures of me in bikinis and stuff, but I've always been really self-conscious about that. You know, it's your body. Mm. And then suddenly you're getting like vulgar, vulgar messages from men who are like using your body for their own satisfaction. It's, it's just gross. Do you know what I mean? And it, you do feel like, well, like, why? Like it's, but it, there's nothing you can do. But mm. at, at the time I was so angry and I was so upset. And also it's like pictures where you don't feel, I'm not proud of how I look in them. I didn't feel like I lo even looked good. So you're like, God, everyone can see like this unfiltered, this me that is like just meant for me, you know? And now I am completely at peace with it. Like I really actually like, you know, it is what it is. I sound like from, from Love Island. Though. You do. It is what it is. <laughs> but do you think as well, because you were taking these pictures to monitor your weight, right? Yeah. Do you think this then, you're going through this really emotional time in your life where you've got these extreme highs, these very low, low, low moments. Mm. You're d monitoring your weight, obviously. So 
did you have body image issues at that time as well? One thousand percent. I mean, I've had yeah. I mean, I've had body issues mm. since I was like fifteen. Mm. Um, going through, you know, periods of um, you know, severe eating problems, not eating basically. Um, binge eating was like a real, real problem for me. I would like absolutely binge restrict, binge restrict. Um, complete body dysmorphia, convinced I was like an absolute whale, just disgusted with myself. But then we'd have the odd day where I felt fabulous and really Mm. confident, or I'd have a line and feel confident. So I can kind of see why I would go to that place. So yeah, the body stuff was has been big for me for a long time. I weighed myself. I wrote an article the other day which said why I threw away my scales and gave up an addiction I didn't know I had. Yeah, Because I weighed myself every single day for about a decade naked first thing in the morning okay and it was and for four of those years i wrote it down on my phone so i know exactly what i weighed any day over four years which is fucking insane when you think about it but at the time i actually didn't think it was a big deal it was only when i told wade i was like oh that actually doesn't sound that normal and i realized things i do i wouldn't drink water at night because it would affect my weight in the morning. Yeah. Even if I woke up parched, I wouldn't drink, I wouldn't like touch water because I'd be like, oh no. I've got to weigh myself. Yeah, I've got to weigh myself and, you know, I don't want to like affect the scale, affect the number, because it affects the number, affect my mood and blah, blah, blah. And then like, I'm like obsessed with eating dinner early. And I think about it, I'm like, do I eat dinner early for that or just because I want the food to digest so I weigh less in the morning? So I threw away my scales. Actually, that was one of my last like little addictions that mm-hmm. I had to overcome. So I threw them away at the beginning of the year and I feel great. I haven't even thought about them. Yes. You know. Bye scales. Bye. Boy, bye. <laughs> but um, yeah, body issues. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, a massive thing. Mm-hmm. And it's still something I'm working on for yeah. sure. Like I do look, I feel really confident in myself. I do love my body now. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a massive, massive mm. part of my journey. So you're sat there in this retreat, you're Mm. dealing with addiction issues, Mm. body image issues, self-esteem issues, you're dealing with heartbreak two times over. Mm. Like that's an almighty low for someone to be going through and have all those emotions running through them, not knowing what to do. What was the moment in that retreat that changed everything? I don't know if there was one moment it was like, and you're so right, and it's so funny when you put it like that, I didn't even think about it. Mm. But it was, everything had culminated to this one week. And there were a few other women on the retreat who were older than me, um, and this lovely man, Patrick. And they were really sweet. And we all started like talking and helping each other. And I had no contact with anyone from home because I didn't have my phone. And... I suddenly, it took me a few days, but I suddenly started feeling like peace was coming and I was clearing my body and clearing my mind. And every time I'd go on a retreat, I would feel really happy. And I was like, why do I feel so happy on retreats? Oh, yeah, because I'm not taking drugs, I'm not drinking, and I'm eating healthily. And you're not with the people who are so-called your friends. Exactly. So it was kind of like stripping everything away. And because this was the first time I'd gone without my phone and I'd read this book and I thought about taking responsibility for my life, and I went back to London feeling amazing. And I was like, this is it. This is where my new journey starts. And from there... 
I really started to work on myself properly. So I was doing yoga every day, waking up every morning, like super early. Um, I stopped drinking. I then, you know, relapsed, you know, and went back to it. But I started my journey of trying to give up. Um, I made a decision to just book my yoga teacher training course. I was like, if I don't book it, I'm not going to do it. I just booked it. Um, I met someone actually who was teetotal, who was really, you know, I, I actually had a couple of people at the time who were kind of helping me through that journey. Um, and... I just started this like transformation and that was really the beginning of all of this. And I think, Mm. I I guess it was my moment because I then learned so much and really started to evolve and really started to like face on all these like demons that I had and really make a decision that I was going to turn my life around. And I did. And all the things that I wanted for myself, you know, when I said I wanted all these to be all these things, I am all those things now. Yes, you are. I honey. am. Live, I am literally living my dream now, and that's because I made a decision to start a journey mm. to get there. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Baffled, a brand new podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense. Imagine the likes that, that would get on Instagram, you having a quick one up a lamppost on the moon, incredible. So you basically <laughs> saying the reason the dinosaurs stopped living is because they all collectively made a decision to have no more children. Oh, they're talking, I think until 10 years ago, I, I still shared the bathwater that my parents were in. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. Do you think in the aftermath of that retreat, did you start to share more than you've ever done before? And did you learn that talking and also listening to other people was the most game-changing thing you could do for yourself? 
definitely because I always say that sharing something is letting it go and learning from others I mean like I said at the beginning everyone's your teacher listen look we all kind of go through the same shit yeah we all are going through the same things the author the themes might be different but all ultimately we're all trying to get validation we're all trying to be happy we're all trying to find love yeah you know and we're all trying to just like deal with life in the mm. best way that we can we can so when you start understanding that everyone's going through this together just in different like ways you feel like a sense of like you're part of something yeah and then from being part of something you can change something mm -hmm. and for me being able to use each and every one of my experiences to change someone else's perception of their life or of themselves and make a positive difference to how they live their life it became my purpose and once i found purpose my whole life changed mm. because i didn't know what my purpose was and now i knew what it was and it yeah. was to help people and Did that was it. It didn't matter what I was going through, any challenge. I was now going to use it to help someone else. Mm -hmm. And then how can you be sad about that? Yeah. And did it make you feel less alone? Yeah. Because you're like constantly, I don't have a massive following on Instagram, but fuck me, they're loyal. Oh, they are. Oh <laughs> my God. And they are so open with me and honest and engaging and they trust me with their problems and they take on my advice and they message me like the most beautiful messages of gratitude and they will tell me when something's turned around for them and mm. i am i'm addicted to instagram because i love my platform and i yeah. love what i'm doing on it like i genuinely brings me so much joy and i love that i've been through everything i've been through so that i can use it in the way that I am like mm. you know I like that I can give people advice like I am annoyingly positive you are so oh, I mean I'm, I'm a positive penny <laughs> but you take the biscuit when it comes to me like I'll come to you and I'll be like oh my god I'll be telling you about a very positive situation so like something's just happened at work and it's really amazing but I was like but I'm just so busy you're like look at me like dull <laughs> get real literally get real <laughs> you are so positive and i think as well something you've just said which has actually just hit me is that it's so great to hear someone talk about social media in a positive way and not in a negative way yeah well get instagram gets such a bad name and i'm like look there's a lot of negative shit in the world mm -hmm. and there's always a positive way of looking at it yeah and Energy flows where attention goes, Yeah. right? So if you keep looking at the negatives of Instagram, you're just going to build it up. Mm -hmm. But why don't you just focus on the positives and put your energy into that? Put your energy into looking at the people that inspire you, that motivate you, that make you laugh, that are your friends, that you just want to see what they're doing, that you can connect yeah. with. If you focus all on that, then you're going to get such like positivity from mm -hmm. it. I was saying before about me being overly positive because I understand that I can like, I was doing a panel talk yesterday and I was like, some people are going to really like what I'm saying and some people are going to think I am so annoying. Like they're literally <laughs> going to think, oh, this fucking girl, like she is, her head is in the clouds. But the reason I'm so glad I've been through what I've been through is because I have gone, th like, I've not had like, I don't think I've had like a difficult life. Trust me. Like I've had a very privileged life and like, I am so lucky. 
But I've gone through heartbreak and eating and disorders and addiction and, you know, real shit that people go through, that loads of us go through. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm coming at this, like, I'm not here talking to people like everything in the world is wonderful yeah, and i'm not saying it <laughs> and i'm saying it from a place of like having not experienced it it's like trust me i've thought the world was a dark dark mm. place and that i didn't wasn't worth living it's just that i've made a transformation to get here and if i can do it i'm telling you all of you can too yeah and one of the biggest transformations of all for you your life your body your mind yeah. is your third moment that's made you it is my third moment that made me is falling pregnant with my wonderful little wolf who is the cutest <laughs> like literally i don't even have ovaries but make, he makes my ovaries bubble he is so cute oh i love him um yes it was that is my third moment because Okay, so when I met Wade, who's my baby daddy... Yeah, I, I think thought, I met you... Um, well, I met you before that, obviously, but I yeah. met you and Wade. I well, saw like you and week Wade. week one. Week one. You were, like, two dates in? Yeah. And we okay. were at this polo tournament. Oh, my God! <laughs> Do you remember? No, no, that was my third date. Third date. I am so... Imba- okay, this is the most cringe... Oh, my God. Okay, I am not a romantic <laughs> at all. I'm just not that way inclined, okay? Yeah. This makes me cringe. We said I love you on day three. No, we did. Oh, my God. It's- I remember because you came oh. over to me. It's like, I'm in love with this man. And I was like, you know, I was, like, five minutes. Oh. I was like, okay, hon, let's just like debrief, <laughs> count to 10, possibly breathe. But you knew. I knew. I manifested him. Yeah. So I met him. I was like, this is the one. Like said, I love you straight away. But kind of expected that I would get bored Mm. and be like oh yeah yeah that was really fun but obviously like whatever anyway 12 weeks later I found out I'm 7 weeks pregnant and I'm like oh shit what if I get bored really do you know what I mean because I was like oh whoa whoa where were you when you found out talk me through that moment when you found out you were pregnant okay so we Wade had gone to Australia to get his visa Mm mhm to move here because after five days of us knowing each other we had he moved in with me obviously <laughs> naturally <laughs> he knew one person in london okay and that was you <laughs> <laughs> no no he knew one one had one couple friend mark yeah. and flora who are lovely and that was it that's all he knew and now me and um he moved in with me we like had this whirlwind summer. It was sunny every day. He was like, London is fucking great. The sun shines all the time. I'm like, oh, it's heaven. And he's like, right, I'll go back to Australia, get my visa, come move here. Then we can like, you know, see what happens. I was like, fab, we can like think about getting married, engaged, woo woo. And then the we met in Dubai because we we're like halfway. Let's have like a holiday before we like go and start a new life together. And I was feeling really flat mm. and I kept napping and I was like, God, I'm tired. But at this point, I was like, because well, since I'd met Wade, I'd like really been like not drinking, getting healthy, started really committing to my work now. He was so like, a good soundboard for me because he is very invested in inner work as well. You know, I mean, my God, I, I swear you've never met t- a couple that talk more than we talk. Babes, we I, talk. I, I go for dinner with you two. You yeah. love a chat. We love a chat. We love a chat. So, so we're in Dubai. I'm starting to feel really flat. The night before, we watched, um, what's that Bradley Cooper film? 
Gaga. Um, a Star is Born. A Star is Born. Oh, and a star was about to be born. born. Okay, so... It's- <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we watched A Star Is Born at the cinema, and afterwards I started crying. I was like, I'm feeling really emotional. I keep having flashbacks from like all my nights out, all the like dark times, mm-hmm. my addiction, my breakups. I was just feeling like really reflective, and I was like, I feel like I'm going back to a different life. I was like, I don't know why. I just feel like I'm not going back to my life and I'm mm-hmm. doing something new. And I thought it was just because I'd met someone new and I was like mm-hmm. getting over my addictions and like, you know, whatever. So then I get back to London and I'm still feeling really flat. And usually whenever Dubai is like my safe space where I'm like super healthy, I sunbathe, I come back, I feel full of energy, revitalized, like ready to take over the world. You know, when I I used to come back and I'd know that in those seven days I could do loads of work before I like went on a bender and then like I'd just be really unproductive for another week. <laughs> they were like my magic seven days. Anyway, these days were not magic and I was feeling like flat and I was like, what's going on? So I said to my sister, I was feeling so tired and like depressed and I don't know why um, because I've been really in a good place. My remember my rock bottom was a year ago. Yeah. I've been on a really positive mm-hmm. journey, met the guy. I'm like, why am so I feeling... So it's a shock to feel like yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, why am I feeling like this again? She was like, you sure you're not pregnant? I was like no way. way so we go to Sainsbury's and like my three year old niece is like carrying the pregnancy test around <laughs> Sainsbury's literally so cute so she's like carrying it paying for it we like get home you're like lol 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 this is such lol. a hilarious yeah. moment anyway they're still unloading the shopping and I just go straight in have a wee and I see the cross my niece is at, at this point like, putting makeup on Wade they're unpacking the the shopping and I'm like, what does the cross mean? I'm like, met with silence. What does the cross mean? Yeah. And they just go, you're pregnant. And I just went, no! And like burst into tears, like floods. And at this point, by the way, I was smoking 25 cigarettes a day. Mm. So, which I had done for like 10 years. So I was just like, oh my God. I was like, I cannot believe this all I wanted to do at that point was obviously have a cigarette because that's how I knew to deal with stress so I was just devastated I was just in shock and my initial thought was how could this be happening Mm -hmm. I finally found a place of happiness and thank you very fucking much world you've thrown this bombshell yeah I wasn't ready for this I was just getting my life together I finally focused on work I've got my yoga qualification I'm teaching yoga and started doing mini workshops and I was like are you joking I just was so so upset and poor Wade doesn't know what to do because he's thrilled but doesn't want to like be too happy in front of me because I'm just like can't even look at him because I'm like you did this you got me pregnant you so anyway then I proceeded to break up with him a week later (laughs) Because I'm like, no, this isn't forever. I know what I said before, but change your mind. This is too much commitment. We'll bring up a child together, but nothing's forever. You know, that was my, my mentality. And anyway, I basically turned into a dragon lady. Why Do you think you were running away from it, in a way? By doing I that? never believed in forever. I think after Damien, because in my head, that was my forever. And when that didn't work out, I then was like, well, nothing's forever you know, don't commit to that idea and you'll never be let down. So in my head, I was, someone is great for you for now, but there's no such thing as like one person being your person for the rest of your life. And so when I had this lifelong commitment of a child, I just totally freaked out. Plus I was so hormonal. And then a week later, we were moving flat 
to what honestly looked like a student halls when I moved in. No, I cannot. The, Roxy uh, does not do student <laughs> halls, guys. <laughs> it was, what's that a material? MDF. Yeah, like handy Andy changing rooms Babe, kind of vibes. There was MDF. Like everywhere. Everywhere. The doors. She the likes floors, an oak floor, guys. No, no, no. It was everywhere. I'm telling you, the walls were like falling apart. It was like, in Waterloo, when I was living in South Kensington, I was like, great. So now I'm living in this shithole flat. By the way, l- absolutely love Waterloo. The flat itself, it was disgusting, right? Yeah. So I'm living in this shithole flat with this big man. Big up to Waterloo. Yeah, big up Waterloo. <laughs> with this... Um, <laughs> with this random Australian man who doesn't know anyone here. I'm depressed. I'm already getting fat and um, I'm having a baby and I'm 28 years old. What the fuck is my life? Yeah. So I was not in a good way. Mm -hmm. And poor Wade. Poor, poor Wade. That man is going straight to heaven. He is. I swear he is. He was like, oh, cool. So just moved to London. I don't know anyone the girl that I thought was going to marry has just broken up with me. I'm having a baby. Guess I'm stuck in London forever. Cool. So, you know, it was not great for him either. It's not like he could commute back to Australia. <laughs> no. He wasn't like pop home for like a hug with his mum and then come back. He was just, you know, it was not a good time. But, I mean, what followed was the worst, the hardest nine months of my life. Mm-hmm. Harder than that breakup, for sure. I went through... My mental health was appalling. I was hysterically crying every day. I was developing agoraphobia by the end. I was not leaving the house. I put on, I've told the world this a million times over, 30 kilos. But I I mean, I was huge for me. It was such a change. And that was, I was now dealing all my issues head on because... I couldn't validate myself through my looks or my body, firstly, because I lost... I've, to say I was unconfident would be the biggest understatement of the world. I loathed myself. I thought I was the most disgusting, fat, ugly pig on the planet and that I was not worthy of being looked at by anybody, even a friend. Like, I couldn't see people. I was just... I despised myself and it was like I felt like I was in like a mental prison Mm. so I was dealing with that then I was giving up cigarettes and I was having to really give up drugs properly now it wasn't like I could just give it up for a couple of months and then like have a night out and then do it a week off and then do you know what I mean it was like okay I have to deal with this now that I've had an addiction which I hadn't really accepted can I just ask like from that moment when you broke up like week one into you knowing that you were going to be a mother and father to a baby how did you then get back together or was it was it just a continuous roller coaster for that nine months do you know what mine and wade's relationship is hands down the thing i'm most proud of in my life because we're completely different people we really had no chance of it working but we made this one decision one night to absolutely commit to making it work and to figuring each other out and how we best communicate and not trying to ever 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 change each other just accept each other i knew above anything that wade was the nicest man i'd ever met the most patient the most kind the most supportive the most unjudgmental 
and there was no one else I would want to raise my children fact and we just started really saying thank you to each other every day and people always say like how are you and Wade such an amazing couple and I'm like because we say thank you to each other for every little thing the other one does thank you for washing up thank you for picking up that glass day thank you for giving me a hug when I needed thank you for listening to me thank you for and when you are in like constantly being grateful for someone some you know for someone else and everything they're doing firstly it makes you want to do more nice things yeah you know because that person's grateful and secondly you're also always noticing how much that person's offering you rather than looking for what they haven't done or what they forgot to do or tallying up you know i think it's so um unhealthy when people when couples start tallying you know how much one of them is doing in a relationship um but just being like constantly grateful for each other is amazing and we and we worked really hard and through my darkest darkest times he was absolutely there for me he never once sort of i mean he listened to me really in dark places and he never once was like oh i've had enough you know he really is such a patient man um and through every i was determined not to let it my mental health beat me and i worked and worked and worked every fucking day i was like doing the gratitude exercises i was meditating i was unpacking every single issue that comes up any anxiety that crops up i work through it i figure it out where's it coming from what's driving it what moment when i was young did that come from you know i work really hard on my mental health to a point now where i honestly couldn't have imagined i would be so content and at peace and I don't want for anything I don't want my life I'm not secret here going yeah my life's great but it's going to be even better when I have everything I need right here right now and there is no desire for more 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 I'm I'm just happy where it is and I'm going to enjoy every minute of the journey ahead of me yes Anne. I love that now I'm curious to know you were not leaving the house yeah. just before you gave birth. You go to give birth. What was your first reaction when you saw Wolfie? Honestly, I was just like, ugh. I'd had a 36-hour labour. I was happy it was over. I actually loved labour, but anyway. I put him on the boob for like a second and hated it and I was like I oh, just get him off me and I didn't hold him for about 24 hours I was so tired um I just was so disgusted in myself I had no self-love for myself so I had no capacity to love anyone else not even my own son yeah and I knew I should like it wasn't like I, d I loved him. I was like, oh, he's cute. But I wasn't like, I didn't really feel anything. I was just numb. And it was, I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Yeah, it was just that. I didn't have any love for myself. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, that's why self-love is so important. You need, you need love to give love, you know? And I just had none. And it took me a while I would say. I mean, the minute I got home from hospital, I was like, right, that's it. I'm like shifting this weight and I'm getting back to who I was. And 
for me that was the way to do it i needed to be able to look at myself in the mirror and look like me again i wasn't just like a plumper version of me i was someone i looked like a different person Mm. and i needed to look like me again and feel like i was myself so i started the minute i got home from hospital and it took me i mean i was seriously strict about it and very very disciplined and i'm very proud of of the that journey in itself um but yeah, it took me a good couple of few months to yeah. really start to bond. But my God, when I did. It was everything. You know, it was like all at once. What was, do you remember a turning point in that? Where you were like, wow, I feel like I'm very comfortable with being a mother now. Yeah, I was left on a day on my own with him. And because Wade was like so hands on. And he was like, right, this is like me. I'm going to take over. And he went straight into like protector mode. And it really helped while I just was like wallowing and like sad. And um, and then he went away to watch Bon Iver in concert in France with his friend. Niche. <laughs> he is so niche. niche. He is. Wade, you're dead niche. <laughs> So I was like, okay, so I was left on my own. And I think that's when I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm his mum. And I think then it hit me. And there was another, there was one other time where someone, I had someone asked me if they could, if it was okay to give him milk. And I was like, it might be my sister or something. And I was like, oh, I make the decisions about his well-being. He's my little bit baby. And that was a real like, oh, okay, like I need to step up. And now like, honestly, we have the most beautiful relationship. Like I just, I love, obviously I love him more than life, but it's not an, I would say it's not like an obsessive love. He's not mine. I don't own him. Yeah. He's my baby. Yeah. But he's his own person. And I'm so, you know, for me, it's really important that like, I don't try and possess him, but I love him unconditionally in a really healthy way. And part of that is making sure that I love myself and that I'm strong and that I'm like showing him traits that I want to like pass on to him of like strength and resilience and patience and kindness. And, you know, so it's uh, we've 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 grown together and, you know, and I think it's such a beautiful experience to to watch him grow as I'm also growing. I think what's so amazing about this, actually, thinking about it, is that Wolfie is actually the culmination of everything you've been through. Yeah. And he's a representative of you overcoming all these incredible hurdles, obstacles that you've had placed in front of you, that you've placed on yourself. Yeah. And I think, do you, sitting here, right here today, feel more at one with yourself, more in love with yourself, or more empowered than you've ever done before? Without doubt. And he is... He was like the best thing that ever, ever, ever happened to me. And I sometimes look at him and I say to him, I'm like, oh, Wolfie, you have no idea what you've done for me. Because, you know, sorry. Oh, babes. I am everything I wanted to be because of him. It's, it's, the, it's the best. Oh, babes. <laughs> that is honestly one of the most amazing things you can even sit here and say. Yeah, And do you know what? You should be so proud of yourself because I actually think you should be so proud of yourself for even talking about how you've even struggled with motherhood because I think so many people don't even talk about that. And I think what's so amazing about what you're doing is you're talking about issues that affect so many different people 
And then they can come to this podcast, come to your page, interact with you, come to these amazing events you're now putting on, and they can come away feeling even just a smidge bit more empowered or feeling more accepted or feeling that they're being listened to or feeling that they can talk. Oh, thank you. I just think you're incredible. I love you, babe. I love you. Thank you for doing this with me. It's, oh my God, it is emotional. And I do... It's one of those things when you talk about yourself for this long, I'm now like, oh my God, I'm being so self centered. <laughs> but I am, it does feel really, yeah. it does feel really good. I actually feel lighter. Like, yeah. it does feel really good to, um, to speak about everything. And I really hope that anyone listening knows that none of this is poor me. This is a, like, I'm so happy I've had challenges because I'm so happy I've overcome them. And Do you think that all these moments have taught you how powerful gratitude can be? Without doubt. There is nothing. If you want to change your life and you don't know where to start, start with gratitude. But I always say this, and I'll, I'll end on this, but one of my steps to manifesting is gratitude without caveats, okay? So you can't be like, I'm so grateful for my job, I love it, but I would just love it way more if I got paid more. Yeah. Or I love my boyfriend, he's perfect, but I just wish he cleaned up more. Or... Um, yeah, no, I love my life, but I'm just going to be way happier when I'm a mum, or I'm just going to be way happier when I've got a boyfriend, or I'm going to be way happier when I've got this. Okay, gratitude does not come with buts and caveats, like, or if only, or when. True gratitude, and to have true gratitude is to, like, raise your vibration, okay? And if you raise your vibration, you're going to attract that positivity and high vibe into your life but to get there and to raise it through gratitude it has to be real all-encompassing thank you for xyz full stop that's it you're just thankful for it you're not thankful but you wish it was a bit different you're not thankful and you'll be more thankful when something changes that's why i said yet earlier like i'm so grateful for my life just as it is you, you can have goals you can strive and be determined, but enjoy the journey and be grateful for your hardships. Be grateful for the people that hurt you. Be grateful for the pain that you go through because everything makes you. There are times where like life is hard. Life is not, of course, I'm not sitting here saying life is always going to be fantastic. I'm not always going to have like, you know, there are going to be times which are challenging still, but can you build a toolbox so that you are more resilient when those challenges come? Can you build a toolbox so that you know how to deal with a situation in a way where you still are true to yourself, where you still love yourself, where you still support yourself, you know? Can you get to a place where you're not looking for drugs and other people and food and escape to validate you or to make you happy temporarily can you find happiness simply walking down the street on your own with no distractions that's happiness being happy because you're at a party it's not it's happy but it's not true happiness true happiness is when you're sat on your own with no one else and you can be like yeah i'm good yeah do you know what i'm grateful for you Thank you for you. Aww. Full stop, babes. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love you, Joe. You're amazing. Oh. And what an end to an incredible series for you. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, that has listened and tuned in. And I promise you, we are just going to keep getting better and better and 
you know amazing guests and thank you to all the guests that have come on and thank you Josh so much for doing there is no one else I wanted to like interview me you are my personal hero I'm always like bigging you up because you know you are so inspiring your interviews are all just so incredible and open and vulnerable and you are changing lives and I love what you're doing and I can't wait to watch your personal journey because I know you are going far oh my god Honda feel the love feel the love (laughs) hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.